please open your Bibles with me as we will turn to the New Testament, to the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 22. Matthew, chapter 22, we'll read the verses 1 through 14. Matthew 22, 1 through 14. Most of the Bibles will have these words in red, which means these are the words spoken then by the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 22, beginning at verse 1. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business, and the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. So far then, the reading of God's holy infallible and inspired word. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, as you know, the months of June and July are commonly wedding months. Many decide to have their marriage on this month or the month of July, sometimes August as well, but anyway, uh, weddings are planned and wedding invitations go out weeks, sometimes even months before that already. Usually the prospective bride and bridegroom are the ones who do send out such invitations. But this hour, I want to speak to you about a wedding invitation that, wedding invitations, plural, that are sent out not by the bride or by the bridegroom, but by the father of the bridegroom and bride. In fact, those wedding invitations are sent out by the king. 
We read in our text passage that a certain king arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. Well now, in view of this wedding and the invitations to this wedding, the Lord Jesus has something to teach us, you and me, by way of the parable of the royal wedding. That is what it's called. And in connection with this parable, I would like to consider with you the invitations to this royal wedding feast. And so let us then consider by the following theme. Invitations to the royal wedding. One, rejected. Two, accepted. Three, misread. So invitations to the royal wedding. Then first we will consider what it means that these invitations have been rejected. Now, congregation, the Lord Jesus Christ says here in our text passage that the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. And so, we are talking here about a royal wedding. And in preparations to this occasion, the wedding invitations go out. Typical for those days, the servants go out and they go out through the land with the message from the king, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatlings are killed, all things are ready, come to the wedding. Three times, three times, so we can gather from our text verses, no less than three times those wedding invitations have gone out. And that's quite unusual, quite unusual. In our times, a wedding invitation comes to you only once. You might get the prospective bride or bridegroom to whisper in your ear yet, you're coming too, aren't you? But generally speaking, the wedding invitations in our day only go out once. But officially, then, that is the invitation. But not so in the kingdom of heaven. The invitations, apparently, they go out again and again. Come to the wedding. Come, you are invited. But now look at what happens. The invitations, along with the servants, are rejected. They are rejected. And what an insult this must be to the king who has sent out all of those invitations. I cannot help but hear a a note of sadness in Jesus' words when he says, but they made light of it. Now imagine this for a moment. Imagine this. How would you like it when you, with great enthusiasm and with bubbling excitement, have sent your invitations to your wedding to your friends? But no one responds. In fact, they all made light of it. They reject your invitation. How would you feel about that? Now, this is one of the things that the Lord Jesus wants to, wants to point out to us in this particular parable, namely the tragedy, that is, the sadness of rejected invitations. In this parable, it is God the Father who is portrayed as the King who has sent out the invitations, come to the wedding. 
His son, we know, is Jesus Christ. And he is getting married to his bride. But the father's invitations are rejected. And not just once, but actually no less than three times as well. Then you might hear that same sort of sadness in the voice of God himself when he says, for instance, in Isaiah chapter 48, verse 6, 18, all that you had heeded my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Or you can catch that same type of, of sadness in Psalm 81. Hear, all my people, and I will admonish you, O Israel, if you will listen to me. Oh, that my people would listen to me, but my people would not heed my voice, and Israel would have none of me. You can hear something of the sadness in God's voice in this sadness on God's part because the wedding invitations are rejected. Notice too, yet, how these rejections are formulated. It says of some, and they were not willing to come, verse 3. Of others, that they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business, verse 5. And then of a third group yet, who seized his servants, who had gone out with the invitations, treated them spitefully, and killed them, verse 6. Now, with this first group of rejectors, it is as if the invitation have not even reached them. There seems to be no hint whatsoever of any kind of response from them. They, they just did not want to come. And that was all there was to it. They are like those who are neither cold nor hot. Gospel preachers can talk till they are blue in the face. They can extend the most passionate invitations, but the word of God is like a dead letter to them, and they treat it as if it is just some junk mail. Now, this is the first group of rejectors then, and I hope and pray, dear people, I hope and pray that no one in church here treats the word of God and his invitations in such a way as junk mail. The third group of rejectors reacted rather violently. They took the servants of the king, they mistreated them, and they even killed some of them. Obviously, they hated what they heard in the invitations, and so they took their hatred out on the servants. Now, such a thing can be seen and heard about, especially during times of persecution. When servants of the Lord are mistreated, when they are tortured, and when they are even put to death, in some cases, for expressing the gospel invitation. And again, we hope and pray that this will not ever become your or my experience. May the gospel invitations here always be met with joy and with positive response. But you've noticed that I have not yet said anything or much about the second group yet. How have they responded to this wedding invitation? Well, we read that they made light of it and went their way, 
one to his farm, another to his business. Now let's picture that scene for a moment. The king's servants with wedding invitation in his hand, earnestly, excitedly, urgently addresses a group of people who pause their activities for a moment. And they take some time to listen to what this particular fellow has to say. When he is done in speaking, the group disperses, leaves without a word, each man going on his own way as if nothing has happened. The invitations have been made light of, or as you could also translate it, the invitation was disregarded. Like, for instance, what it says in Hebrews 2, verse 8, neglected. In the sense, is how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Disregard, neglect, they made light of it. I trust you catch the meaning. The king's servant has declared the invitation to the people. The people leave after they have heard it, making light of it. They ignore it, neglect it, remain indifferent about it, and they return to their usual order of the day. The reason for such a response is that the people are totally absorbed by this world's goods. They're caught up in the idea that those world's goods, you see, they require their first and their best attention. And so we read, and they went their way, one to his own farm, no doubt with that mentality of, why bother with the wedding invitation? I have my own farm. That is my delight. And then we also read another to his business. Or you could also read each man back to the delights of buying and selling with hopefully having a good margin of profit. The wedding invitation? What wedding invitation? I've forgotten all about that already. Now, where might this second group of rejectors be found? In a church gathering, perhaps? You may then be hearing the gospel invitation. You are then polite enough to stop long enough from your regular activities and give ear to what is being said. You will not stand in the way of gospel invitations. You won't stand in the way of those invitations to be proclaimed. But by the same token, you go home again afterwards, back to your farm, back to your business. No, it's true, you will not treat the invitations as a bit of junk mail. No, you won't do that. Neither will you mistreat God's servants for the invitations that they send out. You won't do that either. But you make light of the invitation, having not regarded it as necessary to respond to it. 
congregation. It is possible that some of this second group of invitation rejectors are amongst us. No, you're not the first of the first group that treats the invitation as junk mail. Neither are you of the third group that treats invitations with a response of violence. No. You are more in line of that second group of invitation rejectors who seem to be too busy with life to consider this call and this invitation to salvation. Please understand, dear friend, that such lack of response could very well ruin your chances of salvation and the chances of a future of eternal life and joy. Therefore, therefore, consider the gospel invitation and be on your way with repentance and with faith and be on your way to the royal wedding. Take it seriously. Take it seriously. The invitation is sincere. It is well-meaning. Well, now let's consider in the second place the acceptance of the wedding invitations. Notice first that God does not easily give up. In fact, God does not give up at all. After all, he has said, I have prepared my dinner my oxen and fatted cattle are killed. All things are ready. And then we read that the servants go out again with the invitation and they go into the highways. And as many as they find, both good and bad, they invite. And this time, the invitations are accepted. No junk mail treatment of the invitations this time. No response of violence this time. There's no lack of, hey, man, I'm, I'm too busy for this. But there is the accepting of the invitation. And so we read at the end of verse 10, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. And so you see, there is an acceptance of the invitations this time. And notice, the acceptance comes from the good and the bad, the bad and the good. And we most probably have to understand this as speaking of, of little sinners and big sinners according to human standards of judgment. But whether they are good or bad, whether they are little sinners or big sinners, one thing can be said of them, they have responded positively to the invitation and they have come. And having come, they have submitted themselves to the ways of the king, all of them except one who happens to be without a wedding garment, and I'll speak of that in a few moments. Otherwise, all of them have submitted themselves to the ways of the king. They have heard the invitation. They have responded positively to the invitation. They have accepted it. They have put on a wedding garment and they are welcomed as guests to the wedding. Now, congregation, by now, I, I trust you will understand that with this parable about the invitation to the royal wedding, 
It is the Lord Jesus Christ actually pointing to the invitation to the call to salvation. That is really what this parable is all about. Remember, first and foremost, that God has prepared all things. The sacrifice has been killed. All things are ready. The invitations go out. There is a positive response, and that's a good start. Perhaps you are a small sinner or a big sinner, but God has prepared a great salvation for you, which will unite you to Christ, that is, the bridegroom. God has prepared all things. This means, of course, that God has prepared His own Son, His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to accomplish the work of salvation, even when it required the sacrifice and death of Jesus Christ, the Son. Why? Well, because God wanted a wedding. He wanted a royal wedding to which sinners both bad and good could be invited and ultimately become the bride of Christ. And when God says all things are ready, he means that nothing needs to be done anymore to make it right. When the Son of God, and understand this well, when the Son of God, Jesus Christ, hung on the cross of Golgotha, dear people, and moments before his death he cried out, it is finished. He basically repeated, you see, what the king said here in this parable, all things are ready. It is finished. All things are ready. And when Jesus Christ bowed his head and breathed his last, you could say that the doors of the wedding hall swung wide open for all to see that the oxen and the fatted cattle are all killed, food and nourishment, drink and refreshment. The wedding is ready. And the servants of the king, they go out again and again, and they keep on inviting and calling and bidding if they meet up with rejectors who ignore them or listlessly listen to them or even mistreat or abuse them, they are not to be discouraged. They are not to give up whatsoever. The king sends them out again and again. And if they cannot get any response from those in regular places, they are to go into the highways, that is, the crossroads of the world. And from there, they are to invite the good and the bad and point them to the wedding and the wedding hall with the open doors and bid them to enter in because the place must be filled. Kingdom of heaven, dear people, is open to good people. And I say that in quotation marks, good people. What does that mean? Well, listen carefully. It means that God bids you to come to him not because you have outwardly lived a blameless life, humanly speaking. Not because the world cannot complain about you. Not because the church cannot complain about you. And so you say, well, doesn't my goodness mean something? Doesn't this tell me? that I am in the kingdom of God already because I am such a good person? Listen. 
You are invited, you are bidden to come to God because of, not of your goodness, but because of who God is and because of what God has prepared. Remember this. Your good life and your good works are not your ticket to the kingdom of heaven. When God says, I have prepared this, it would be a great insult to him if you would then say, but God, haven't I done a little bit too in my goodness? Your, my self-made goodness and our good works are not our ticket into the kingdom of heaven, dear people. What is it then? Well, it is faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ alone that can be your ticket to the wedding. Then we read that the kingdom of heaven is also open to bad people. What does that mean? Well, this means that God bids you to come to him no matter how bad your reputation has been. You might have been bad according to the standards of the world, bad in regard to relationships to the church, bad even in your own eyes. You may have been like those people described in the parable, rejectors of the invitations and the biddings, rejectors because you could not care less at one time, rejectors because you had far too many things to deal with and you didn't have time for anything that is spiritual, rejectors because you did not want to hear what they had to say. But God says to you this hour, this hour, that you are bidden to come to him. You are invited to join life in the kingdom of heaven. That means, of course, repent of your badness, acknowledge it, admit to it, confess it to God, and entrust your whole self to Jesus Christ, the Savior, who has done it all for you. And so the good and the bad receive the same invitation. You may come to God by virtue of the gospel invitation. The wedding hall is filled with good and bad people, all because God has invited them. And so we read, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. Well, you say, that's easy. All that counts, therefore, is the invitation. But wait, wait. The parable isn't quite finished yet. As I must consider with you in the third place, invitations to the royal wedding misread. There is one man here in this parable who has misread the invitation. Let's read what it says in verse 11 and 12. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Now, you need to understand that it was the custom at that time that all the guests, good or bad, would be given a wedding garment as they stood in the front porch of the wedding hall. 
Apparently, this one man felt that he did not need such a wedding garment. But he was caught by the sharp eye of the king who questioned him. What? No wedding garment and you being here? No wedding garment? And then we read that this man was speechless. And the end result of this man was disastrous. He was bound, so we are told, hand and foot, taken away, cast into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In other words, you know it, hell. This man misread the invitation, did not think that a wedding garment would be necessary for this royal wedding feast. Well, now, you might be asking, what does it mean then with this wedding garment? I believe that our Bible gives us a number of other passages that give us the answer. Romans 13, verse 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Or Galatians 3 and verse 27. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And so you see, the garment that we need to be approved wedding guest is Jesus Christ himself. His righteousness, his salvation, his blood-bought redemption. This is the wedding garment, you see, that we must wear as we enter into the heavenly wedding hall. Without him and without his covering, we have misread the invitation. Without faith in Jesus Christ, you have no covering for your sin. You stand exposed to condemnation. And so, dear people, young and old, boys and girls, young people, the gospel invitation is sincere. It is well meant when it says, come to the wedding. Do not make light of it. Do not reject it, because you will do it then to your own hurt. But come, and as you come, put on Christ, Jesus Christ. That means repent of your former life and trust your whole sinful self to him that is Jesus Christ and believe in him. Embrace him with arms of faith and you will be welcomed to the wedding. Dear brothers and sisters in the Lord, you who have accepted the invitation, you who have honored God's will to be dressed in the wedding garment, you are the bride of Christ. God the Father, the King, is so eager to have his Son, Jesus Christ, wedded to his bride that he had the wedding invitations go out, not just for a few weeks or for a few months before the date, but for thousands and thousands of years. He, God, just wants to make sure that this bride of Christ is prepared and completely and totally ready for the royal heavenly wedding. Therefore, I too may address you this hour in closing. 
your heavenly wedding date to Jesus Christ, the bridegroom. It's coming up, perhaps very soon. Rejoice and be ready. In the meantime, live as a bride of Christ. Look forward to living with him. Express your longings for him. Be full of praise for him. Because one day you will see him face to face and he will embrace you as you desire to embrace him. As Paul could speak of that day, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Dear people, young people, young and old, boys and girls, take the wedding invitation seriously. Do not ignore it. Do not make light of it. Respond to it by faith and with faith. O royal bride, give heed, and to my words attend. For Christ the King forsake the world and every former friend. And you will enjoy the wedding that God wants for you and his beloved son. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we come to you after we have heard this message that you are the great and beloved Son of the King, the Father in heaven, and that the invitations have gone out also this morning. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have made all things such that all things are ready. You've done everything necessary so that you could be the royal bridegroom and that we can be your bride. We pray, Lord Jesus, that we will embrace you in faith by accepting the invitation, by repenting of our sin, by believing on you, by walking in your ways, by longing for you, by wanting to see you one day, that we too may be able to say with the Apostle Paul, that for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Bless us, we pray, and grant that your spirit would continue on with us to remind us not to be rejectors of this invitation, but to receive it with joy. In Jesus' name, amen.